him the nigga word. They were doing, you know what I'm saying? They weren't. If you if if you got a problem with somebody like oh man this nigga's talking shit let's just beat his ass you're not really gonna call nobody no racial slurs you're not really gonna right. start bringing race into it you just gonna be like oh you punk motherfucker you whooping his ass but you ain't gonna say all this oh you, you know and he was a dark skin well not dark skin but he was like you you wouldn't mistake him for being mixed so that's what I'm saying New York. I'm a little disappointed in in, in, in in niggas in New York the way that they're conducting things when it comes to, you know, you, you're seeing... Because see, now, when once they see that, that kid, they're like, oh, we could do this to this nigga uh, that was the Michael Jackson uh, impersonator. He's talking about he's hungry and he wants to fight people on a train or whatever. And, you know, they're like, okay, well, yeah, well, let's just choke this nigga out. And the problem is, is you had two coons that just sat there. And see, here's the thing about the immigrant coon. Them niggas in New York, a lot of them niggas is from the Caribbean and from other places. I got to say it. See, we going to have to get this thing as far as black folks globally as, and people wonder, well, why do a lot of, why did a lot of foundationals, why they separating themselves from a lot of niggas? Because the experience that we deal with as far as race soldiers is direct. Straight from the plantation to civil rights or whatever. They, ain't, they don't let us on, let, let up on us over here. And we realize that. So when we see niggas start talking about, well, that don't exist, and the Candace Owens and shit, and folks like the Caribbean and stuff, we look at other brothers like, okay, yeah, you one of us. Oh, I ain't like one of you niggas. I ain't black. Once you start talking like this, we're like, okay, this nigga's dangerous because something could happen to him, and while he's running around here talking about he ain't black, like both them John's family, them niggas was from the Caribbean hugging the race soldier and talking about they want to be the race soldier's friend and all this kind of shit. It's like, man, don't y'all realize you putting us in danger, bro. Don't y'all realize that this woman killed your son? You, you don't have a problem with that. But what it is, bro, is so many people want to take this bag and take this check and they think, well, Hey, because I'm not a foundational, they won't do nothing to me. Yes, they will. Amadou Diallo was a, a black immigrant, got killed 40, shot, shot 41, 41 times like 20 years ago in New York. This idea that, well, they just going to spare me because I'm a coon, that shit, it don't really work. They well, fight. It doesn't, but where's the brain? Who, If you're a coon, you're, you don't identify with blacks. You identify with whites. So you think through the eyes of a white man. Right. You know, and what is a white man? If a white man is having an issue with a black, we've all had a white dude say, when you had it out with a white dude, I'll call the police and you're black. The police going to believe me. I've had, we've all tell had that. that incident. I've had that. Yeah, we've all that. had that. Everybody's had a white dude tell them that before. Everybody, everybody black that's had it out with a white dude had a white person say that to him. So if you were cool, you're thinking like that white guy's thinking. How many motherfuckers, how many murder cases have you seen where a white dude killed somebody and he don't even, he do it so dirty and so stupid that you think this motherfucker must think he ain't never going to get caught. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, blacks, you know, we might commit crimes and everything, but we don't do shit like that. No. Like some of these white boys, man, they commit these crimes so sloppy. They just think there's no way they, they feel they're entitled. There's no way we're going to get caught. And so a coon thinks like that as well, because a coon thinks through the eyes of a white man. Is that how Muhammad Noor was thinking? He couldn't have possibly thought that. 
Yeah, I know for a fact he was. Muhammad, as many years as you've been around Somali people, how many of you ever heard talking about fishing poles? And that's what he used to, when I used to work at the gas station, he would be one of the cops that would sit in there at the holiday. You know, they the cops would be sitting in there all day. He'd be sitting in there and he'd talk. i hear him in the background talking. Oh, man, I just got me a new fishing pole. I said, man, what the fuck? Fishing pole? Yeah, and I had it out with him a couple times, so I know the guy personally. I know for a guarantee, guarantee, he was hired, just like them other two Somali cops, they were hired to arrest their own people because the Somali community was pumping them, pumping third precinct with lawsuits. So, so okay, so 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 if I would have went up to Noor, if I would have seen, hey, brother, what's going on? What you, what you think about reparations for foundationals that built this country? Would, would he be the type of nigga to be like, hell no, y'all niggas don't need no fa- <laughs> no reparations? Is he one uh, of them types? If he, if he was cornered and he had to really answer it, he'd say no. Like one, like 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 if he was off off the record and it was just me and him, brother to brother, would he probably be like, yeah, y'all should get this or 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 would he? No. Oh, so here's he- the thing about foreigners from Africa, and here's where the disconnect comes in. The disconnect comes in is. They don't really identify with foundational. Is so, that is that through loss? Is that because of black of foundationals here not history. knowing not knowing the history, or is it just hey man, you 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 niggas ain't like the white folks? Lost history, and then once they get to America, they're being sponsored by white people, so there's a divide. You know, they create a divide. So they don't even look, most Africans, unfortunately, don't even look at foundationals like it's the same race. Now, what about when they come over and they be like, let's say they get hit to the game. Like, all right, man, this is, Frederick Douglass was fighting to get y'all over here. Foundationals was fighting for Ethiopians in the 1930s. Dr. King, wooty woo. They don't know that. Do some of them them don't. Do they adhere to it once, once, do they get on code once told or some of them still be like, oh, hell no, nigga. Well, when are they going to get told? Because you got to think, if you come from a communist country, you don't even know what's going on in your own country. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a communist country, so you don't even know what's really going on in your own country. So you're not going to know, you know, the average person in Africa probably doesn't even know much about slavery. They probably don't even know the average black Schooling is very different in Africa, most especially if you're going to a non-modern country, like if you're in the eastern part of Africa or some northern part. Their their schooling is basic math, reading. It's not history. Now, what about the brother that? I don't know if you heard about this brother. I could pull him up, but I think I showed you some pictures back in the day. I think this was around the time before Eritrea was Eritrea. There was, I think, I think it was France or it was some, it was some European country trying to fuck over your Eritrea, uh, Ethiopia at the time. And foundationals wasn't having it. It was in the early 1900s. I don't know if you heard about this, but I think I sent you this picture before. It was like in the early 1900s. And once foundationals, descendants of slaves over here heard about it, they said, oh no, we turning up. They said, we ain't having that shit. And it was, it was thousands of black folks that volunteered to go fight in Ethiopia, race soldiers here said, oh, no, you ain't going to go have, gonna help your brethren. So they banned a lot of foundational blacks from going over there. Like, no, nah, y'all, 
we don't want you over there because they knew once we get over there, shit's about to get popping. And so what they did is they banned a bunch of black folks from going over there. But there was a brother that like detached from the military. He was a pilot. The way that he found out, you know how back in them days, early 1900s, they're like, okay, we ain't letting no nigga fly no airplane like that. They were like, you could mop and sweep and cook, nigga, and make some collard greens or some shit, shine some shoes. You ain't, you know. But the brother, he, let me get his name, but let me tell the story real quick. But the brother had, he he was doing like, you know, sweeping and mopping and stuff. So he would be like the porter. You know how janitors, they know everything. They know everybody. So he's mopping and sweeping. And he like gets into like the military class and like the you know the, the military class. He gets into the classroom, sees the white dudes learn how to fly planes, build planes, and shit like that. He's just ear hustling. He's mopping and sweeping. He's seeing um how they're doing things and everything. And he's just peeping game. Every time he comes in and he's sweeping, he's acting like like he don't know what's going on. And he's just listening to him. Man, that nigga found out how to build a fucking plane, bro. He built a plane, Damn. flew to Ethiopia, and and taught the Ethiopians how to how to how to uh the, the first the first uh Ethiopian airport was based off that brother's um knowledge. Sh- showed he went over there. They told him he couldn't. They told foundationals y'all can't go and help your fellow brethren. Foundation said, man, fuck that. We sneak it over in that bitch. And they uh let me, hold on, let me, let me give you his name. It's people gonna be like, well, well yeah, you making this up? No, hold on. A black man, fly. This, this happened a long time ago. Was it John Robinson? Hold on. Yep. Hold on. No, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, that was him. John Robinson, aviator. He was he was born in Carabelle, Florida, 1903. He died in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, 1954, bro. Yes, sir. Foundational Black American. He fought in the Second Italian Ethiopian War, World War II. Uh, Ethiopian Airlines helped him. He, he created the airline for him. Start. He taught all the Ethiopians how to fly planes, how to build planes and shit. That nigga built a plane and flew. Now, now hold on. Let me see. Hold on. Wait a minute. Yep. Prior to entering college, he had a short-term job as a shoe shine, getting a job at a warehouse. Um, He went to Gulfport. Now, listen to this. Robinson... Uh, after finishing his college degree, Robinson was unable to find suitable career in the home port of, 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 of Gulfport. So he got a degree. Remember how Dr. Umar talks about it all the time. You get a degree, they tell you you underqualified. You get another degree, they tell you you overqualified. So once he got his degree, the, the race soldier said, oh, no, nigga, we ain't accept your degree. Shine these damn shoes. Mop this flow. So they wouldn't give him a job. They say he attributed this to racial discrimination as many of the local garages were under white ownership. Speaking to his father, he said, quote, the garage owners will give me a job sweeping, filling gas tanks, changing tires or washing, but I'm an engine man. When I talk to them about automotive science, they smile, look at each other, and then they look at me like I belong behind a mule in a plow. Bars. Damn. See, I heard the story a while ago. I heard the story a while ago, but I didn't know that he like, like he says, I'm an engine man. So what he did was he began searching for means to take the air. So he found, uh, he was directed to a small field. He met other pilots. It earned his first flight in Roberts Waco nine. He fixed the engine 
on a cut on a Curtis and Jenny 4D. Um, so then after opening a garage for income, he repeatedly applied for the Curtis Wright School of Aviation. He was rejected every time, but circumnavigated the roadblock altogether by becoming a janitor on Saturday nights, therefore being able to listen to the lessons being taught in the evening class. Okay, then Ethiopia. Look, 1935, he announced his intentions to volunteer to defend Ethiopia in conflict with Italy. The announcement took place at a meeting of black business owners and community leaders sponsored by the United Negro Press in Chicago. Dr. Maluku Biyunk, a cousin of Ethiopian Emperor Haile Selassie, became aware of Robinson's announcement of qualifications and met with Robinson directly. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Foundation's been stomping from the diaspora since day one. I'm telling you, it was a gang of black folks that said, look, man, Ethiopia got smoke with French. We want that smoke. I, I, I think I sent a picture to you and somebody else. It was a picture of, of foundationals that they were, they were lined up, ready to go to Ethiopia and give the French the business. The race soldiers here was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, we can't have y'all go over there. Y'all, y'all going to go over there and you're going to be kicking the French ass. So, you know, um, yeah, man, like, I don't know how we got off subject, but they, nah, they, I'm telling you. They, uh, okay, let's see. There's another thing with the RICO. Hold Prosecute on. Prosecute organized crime units. These days, it's most commonly used in civil cases. The U.S. Attorney's Office here in Minnesota says it's the first time it's used RICO to take down street gangs. But the law has quite the interesting history. From the most famous American gangsters to celebrities who have fallen from grace, for years, prosecutors have used the RICO law in cases of organized crime. Yesterday, U.S. Attorney Andy Luger announced his office was using it to take down 45 suspected Twin Cities gang members. All violent crimes that fit the RICO statute are tried together, as are all gang members who committed any of those crimes. Now, look at these optics. If you go back, you got the sheriff. Now, you've probably heard about this before. I'm not going to cast too many aspersions on her, but they got the sheriff here. And you, you know I'm not big on the first this and the first black this and the first black that. They got this sister. They done hired her, so they hired help. They got this black woman. She's a black sheriff. They got her there. So there, there goes old diversity inclusion. This isn't about race. This is about crime. So now then they got the, remember that the new police chief, then nobody really want to believe it, be the police chief. So they got this dude from Jersey. The police chief is from New Jersey. A lot of people don't know that. Did any of those crimes. The law dating back to 1970. The plan was to use it against the Godfather type uh, figure, Vito Corleone, John Gotti, those kinds of people in organized crime. Jeff Grell has been practicing RICO law for three decades. Well, here's the thing where they said, hold oh, the goal. Let me give people a little bar. Well, it was used for John Gotti. Yeah. But remember, J. Edgar Hoover was LGBT. A lot of people don't know that. The mob really? had pictures of J. Edgar Hoover saying, all right, man, you're buck broken. You know what I'm saying? You like men. So guess what? Uh, you going to lean back on the mob and you going to focus on Negroes. You ain't going to focus on us. See, a lot of people don't know that about J. Edgar Hoover. J. 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 J.
he pretty much used the entire FBI to pretty much, I mean, you might as well say it was Gestapo tactics. They were using Nazi Gestapo tactics on black folks out there, the Panthers, everybody. When they killed Chairman Fred in Chicago, and when they were hunting down, they hunted, us, they hunted black folks down like dogs back then. Only because black folks said, hey, listen, we're tired of race soldiers killing pregnant women and beating up women and children and all that. We about to, we're taking to the streets and we standing on business. They said, no, 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 we can't have that. J. Edgar Hoover uh, came up with all types of covert surveillance operations. The mob had these pictures of J. Edgar Hoover, you know, and his LGBT um, affiliation. So that's another reason why J. Edgar Hoover went hard on black folk. So, there's a little bit of miscommunication, or I ain't going to say miscommunication. There's some disinformation here with that. Oh, well, we just used the Rico on the mob. They they had intention on using it on niggas. They said, okay, let's try it out on the mob. Okay, let's get, let's get it some niggas. And teaches an entire class on the subject as an adjunct professor at the University of Minnesota. At some point in the early 80s, a bunch of lawyers said, well, there's a civil remedies provision. And you know what? Uh, we can we can use that in a lot of different ways. Oh, I'll be damned. Then they turned around and guess who signed the 1986 crime bill? Jim Crow Joe. And then seven years later, 1994 crime bill. So they use this on the Hells Angels too. Grell says while it's not a novel idea to use RICO to take down street gangs, it's still a different approach as it's more commonly used in civil litigation, often involving corporations. Most of the time prosecutors try to use the simplest remedy. And I always tell people who want to bring RICO claims, I, one of my first questions is, why do you want to buy a jet plane when a bicycle will get you to the same location? It was probably most famously used in Minnesota in the 90s against book and video store owner Ferris Alexander and elsewhere to take down Hell's Angels, a law often referenced in movies and TV, now getting play here again in Minnesota. It's, it piques people's interests. And so if you're a politician that's trying to, to get the public to notice, hey, I'm doing something good here, you're, you know, Rico helps with that. And Hold on. Says just Let me play that one more time. Let me play that one more time. Did you get that? You know, Rico helps yeah. with that. And get the public to know yeah, it piques people's interest. And he so said it piques people's take interest. down Hell's Angels, a law often referenced in movies and TV, now getting play here again in Minnesota. It's, it piques people's interest. And so if you're a politician that's trying to, to get the public to notice, hey, I'm doing something good here, you're, you know, Rico helps with that. And so... Hey, there's a lot of crime in Minneapolis. Oh, there's so much crime. There's crime. There's crime. There's crime. Well, the taste of Minnesota's coming up. Well, what are we going to do about these Negroes that's shooting and fighting, Rico? Oh, the Mall of America, there's so many shooting, Rico. They're like, okay. And like you said, it's such a wide net where they're like, all right, you ever seen National Geographic? You you painted the great analogy earlier, but the National Geographic. Okay, yeah, we we trying to get some tuna, or, or better yet, let's get some shrimp. But you know, what's the what's that program that we used to watch, man? Or I I didn't watch it that much, but basically it was these white guys that had a boat, 
and they would follow him around. Pretty good show. And man, you talk about some rough waters they be in. They put that big wide net down in that water and they pull up all kinds of crab and shrimp. And I'm talking about a whole big giant net. Now, you're going to probably want to get some fish in there. But damn it, you're casting a wide net long enough to where you're going to have the shrimp, you're going to have the lobster. I mean, you're going to have some real good eating up in there. So when you were talking about having them sit and explaining to our viewers tonight, well, you have them sit for a year. Let's let it marinate. Let, let, let's let it work on your psyche. You sit there and like Thug, he's sitting right now. His lawyer's talking about, oh, he's not eating well. He wasn't eating well before he was locked up. Right. He was. They say he. They say he can't survive. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read you what he said. Let me read you. He what was about he said. a buck fifteen before he went in. Oh my damn! Here's another one. What? Is this new? Young Thug's brother arrested after accepting a plea deal in the Rico. Gun possession. What is it? Young Thug's brother? Yeah, Young Thug's brother arrested after accepting a plea deal when the YSL Rico case record show. He was arrested after accepting a plea deal? They said he was arrested after accepting a plea deal. So his name is U Funk, faces gun possession, among other charges. Let's read this. This just came out. Young Thug's brother was booked into jail Thursday after accepting a plea deal in the Rico case. Faces charges including possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and unlawful for a person employed by or associated with a street criminal gang. In a preliminary statement on Friday, Atlanta police provide more details about Greer's arrest. MPD officers said Greer pulled him over during a traffic stop. They smell weed. Okay. This come, listen to this. This comes after Greer took a plea deal back in December where there were special conditions, including 750 hours of community service, and he wasn't allowed to possess any guns or commit any crimes. He was also not allowed to con contact his own brother until the case is over. So they let him out. He had a deal. Let's look at this deal. What kind of deal did he get? I want to look at this deal that he got back in December. Okay, so he took a plea deal. Back in December. Okay, so now, okay, now, May 4th, we looked at this article. Now I'm looking at the old article from December, December 20th, published at 10 p.m. EST. George is on EST time. Young Thug's brother entered a negotiated plea deal. Charges uh, against Quantavius Greer include conspiracy to violate the Rico and theft by stolen property. Oh, that's some bullshit. That ain't even, he didn't even fucking do a crime. Okay. I keep telling you though, they get, they get you on some bullshit. So you'll talk. So look, according to court documents, his brother was sentenced to 12 years after the first two years commuted to time served while the remaining remaining time served on probation. Okay. So they let the nigga out. Um, so now, Sergio Kitchens, they mentioned him. Personal ordeal by publicly acknowledging my association with YSL. So he, he, okay, so they got the conspiracy right there. Gunner already said it's a gang. Gunner said it's a gang. So basically they're saying, all right, it's a gang. They can't say that it's not a gang. 
They look a gun as second in charge. You're the rapper. You're the one with the money, so you got the influence. So, yeah, this this dude, he got caught with a pipe. Young Thug's little brother got caught with a pipe and some weed, which is pretty serious in Georgia. They give you six months for a blunt in Georgia. So, he got caught with a pipe. He ain't supposed to have a pipe, and he was already on probation. So, yeah, man. I mean, damn it. All right, let's continue this video says just because all these gang members in this recent roundup are being charged together doesn't mean their cases will necessarily stay linked as he expects the defense will appeal to have defendants tried separately amy all right courtney thank you the but that's not going to work they're not going to be tried separate now you told me this earlier now now here's another reason why they're having the rico i'm going to tie it all together listen to this hi we're fiverr oh, hold on let me mute stupid there there's a couple here where minneapolis is tired of what's going on so they're gonna they're gonna say okay black people are going to be the face of fentanyl now look at this case here bullet one random stray a bullet one random stray bullet flew through the air nearly one year ago near the stone arch bridge hitting a young healthy husband and father in the head rocking his world and that of his wife and two young sons. How do you come back from such a devastating blow? Many, even the ER doctors, didn't think they could, but Abby and Tyler King held on to faith and each other and wanted to share with all of you what has happened since. No. <laughs> Tyler and Abby King spent a lot of time at a park near their home in Nashville, while their sons, eight-year-old Knox and 12-year-old Bennett, practiced their soccer skills Abby helps Tyler practice putting one foot in front of the other. You're doing good. This is the latest okay. step on their journey that You're began okay. in Minnesota when they met at age 15 as students at Southwest Christian High School. Would you say music kind of yeah. brought us together? Yeah. You couldn't believe I liked Neil Young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The music lovers married and moved to Nashville, but every summer they come back home to Minnesota. Had to give our kids the Minnesota experience in the summer. Yeah. Last summer, the family had big reason to celebrate. The youngest of Abby's three sisters was getting married. And Dawson and Annie, they were high school sweethearts, too. So we've just, yeah, yeah we're really tired. Fair use, Carol Ever. Fair use. On June 25th, family and friends had gathered at A Mill City Lofts near the Stone Arch Bridge for a joint bachelor Now, for people that don't party. know about the Stone Arch Bridge, me and Solomon here, we're from the West Bank. Stone Arch Bridge is literally about a mile and a half at best down the block, Washington Avenue from the West Bank, from Cedar Riverside. You could literally walk there if you want. A lot of times we take the bus, but you could literally walk there. We I used to work at an ice skating rink. Well, probably in my maybe 19, 19, right down there that the, they call it the depot. Pretty upstanding area. They got a real nice ice cream shop. I ain't been down there in almost probably 15 damn years. It seems like, I don't know. It's been a long time. Um, the stone arch bridge, uh, they had a hotel. I think Michael Jackson stayed down there at one point in time. Was it the Fauché or was it, it wasn't the Fauché. It was another one. It wasn't the full shade. It was a, it was a hotel, but Michael Jackson stayed down there. Um, real nice area, real cool area. But when you have stuff like this happening, I mean, man. As the party wound down, Tyler and his brother-in-law walked a guest to her car. A crowd had gathered down the street. 
Suddenly, shots rang out, and a stray bullet traveled a few blocks, hitting Tyler in the face. Sam got a call from my brother-in-law. <laughs> Tyler's been shot. I had no idea where, how, what happened, but he said they're taking him. Now, let's be clear. I don't know the whole story about this couple here. But the thing is, is you said stray shots. This is another reason of the definition of names or of lames. You supposed to hit your target. You got some of these young folks and I ain't going to say just young people, but you just got a bunch of lames that roll around with pipes. Don't know how to operate them. Don't hit their target. And this dude ends up getting hit. Minneapolis sees this. Now they're from Nashville. Their home is, you know, they, they come up in Minnesota, but you sent me something. And I want to touch on this in a little bit about the taste of Minnesota that hasn't been here in many years. They're not going to have the taste of Minnesota with shit like this going on. No, let's get know back to Minneapolis this. this year. Let's get, let's talk about this. This is on Fox nine. Let's let, let, let's play this real quick, this clip, and then we'll get back to this and we'll talk more on the Rico. And then we're going to go on to a couple more subjects and we'll wrap it up in another hour, hour and a half at the most. All right, hold on. Told y'all this is going to be a long Wilson, one. I'll kind of MC the news uh, conference today. We're going to hear from the organizers. The mayor, council member Rainville, and Steve Kramer from the downtown council will hold your questions till the end. Um, if you have any questions today, we're going to really focus on the dates, the fact that it's a free family event on July 2nd and 3rd from noon to 8 p.m. Um, and the acts that are going to be here and some of the some of the artists and some of the entertainment. So July. So remember what I said earlier. They trying to clean house. They got third eye blind uncle cracker and big boy from outcast. Yeah. <laughs> that, they going to wrap that Rico up, bro. They going to have them 250 right. people. Yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> expecting, they said they're expecting it's on uh, July 2nd and 3rd. They're expecting 50,000 people each day. Uncle cracker. I heard yeah, uncle cracker is not a, uh, don't let the name fool you. Uncle Cracker. Okay, I I, I heard of Uncle Cracker. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I know who he is. He's uh, uh, affiliated with Kid Rock. Oh, okay. Mm. So he's very much influenced by um, Grandmaster Flash and uh, uh, the oh, Series Five. And, yeah. Okay. He's yeah. not. Don't let the name make you. You know, the name will scream race soldier. But he's op. He's like a Bubba. He he looks and acts like Bubba Sparks. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I kind of like Bubba Sparks. Yeah, I kind of like Bubba yeah. Sparks a little bit. Like, um, he can rhyme. I mean, I, I like I like Uncle Cracker's one album. Now, now Kid Rock, mm, I don't know about Kid Rock, man. I, You know, on my, my last little program I was on, man, you heard it, man. This white dude was telling me, he said, Kid Rock's a race soldier. Kid, Kid Rock been playing both sides of the fence. Well, I mean, he definitely is a Trump supporter. Well, that's... You know? But I know that he grew up very influenced by uh, by uh, Run DMC and you, say you know he's great respect for them. Yeah, 
Leonard Skinner. Okay, he toured with Leonard Skinner. Oh, he's going to. Okay, he's going to tour with Leonard Skinner this year, and ZZ Top. I heard uh, ZZ Top did a pretty good record with Gangsta Gibbs. Okay, yeah, so, that's just money, though. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. At a certain point, it's just money. But ZZ Top at at the core, there's nothing black about what they. Who are they? About, oh, they just American I mean? rock band from. Uh, oh, they've been around for a minute. They formed in '69 in Houston, Texas. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. Yeah. Oh man, that's a huge group. Is that ZZ? That's a very huge group. Hold on, was it ZZ Top and Gibbs? Very. It was, it was some. It was ZZ Top, or it was somebody. Was it ZZ? In Top? that genre, in that genre of music. Oh, ZZ Ward. Z. It was Z. Not ZZ Top. It was ZZ Ward and Gangsta Gibbs. Not ZZ Top. Okay. Okay. My bad. But they probably came from ZZ Top. Okay, so Schaefer was arrested for second degree sex offense in 2007. Released on $75,000 bond. Why didn't we hear about the Uncle Cracker? Why didn't we hear about that? We heard about Kelly. We didn't hear about that. Well, yeah, he's white. He, so. yeah, his career, that's, I just heard about that for the first time. But it makes sense because he disappeared. He he dropped the, uh, his first album. His first album was a big seller. Hello? They said to book him, it's like 50 to 100. Yeah, his his first album was very popular. Then he just disappeared. Oh, okay. So he probably had to clear it You know, I mean, he didn't, he didn't, he, you didn't hear about him. He's not, a, you know, the biggest, arguably the biggest and greatest R&B singer of all time. That's why. You so, know? So Third Eye Blind, what about them? Third, Third Eye, Eye Blind. Blind is huge. Huge group in that genre of music. I mean, they're not. They're not producing any new records. But they could still but, tour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Third Eye Blind was very, 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 very big act. Third Eye Blind, Uncle Cracker, and Big Boy from Outkast. That's going to be a nice little... That's going to be a nice little set, man. Who Say it again. Uncle Cracker, Third Eye Blind. And Big Boy from Outkast. See, they trying to... Uh, if you look at the, the musical group they're bringing in, yeah. they're trying to attract people from our age group. Right. Okay. No, I mean, they don't even want young people over there. You don't see Trippy Red. Right. So and that's or what any I was shit gonna, like that. I yeah, was, they're trying to they're trying to attract a different crowd of people. That, that's what I was gonna ask. I said, you know, I wouldn't mind. I mean, this might be. This is something, bro. That they said fifty thousand people. That's in St. Paul. Like, I wouldn't mind bringing my son to something like this. See, the taste of Minnesota is not just the music. And they said they said from July second and third. And then uh, July fourth is what? That's Fourth of July. But what is that? The Taste of Minnesota as well? No, no, it's July second and July th- and July third. Now, what's July fourth? What goes on that day? I know it's Independence Day, but don't they have an event that day too? Oh, uh, they probably will. They probably will somewhere. I don't know, but um, then look. When asked about potential crime. Ray Fry said that this year will Bunny Slope will oh, undergo oh, a complete rebranding. Shit. That little okay, we we going to go back to this this is stupid ad. My bad. Hold on. All right. No, this we'll go back to the couple in a second. Okay. You can hear me, right? Yeah. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. What the hell? 
Hello? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I must have pressed the button. Okay, so. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You were good. Okay, when asked about potential crime, Frey Fry said the event will have a robust public safety plan in place. We follow the facts and data of when things aren't going well, and we follow them when they are. We don't tell every detail as most well will be behind the scenes. Right now, crime is down, and that's the fact. We can't wait for this event to come back. The event became in 18 or 1983 as a free festival with both food and fireworks on the state capitol's ground in Harriet Island during the July 4th weekend, but it first ended in 2010 following a change in ownership. Okay. Organizers have previously said the event drew 200,000 people a year at its peak. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been to the Taste of Minnesota, but I heard the food's supposed to be off the chain. And see, that's another thing. That's, that's why I was going to ask you. Will the Rico Suave change Minneapolis for the better, in your opinion? 100%. Will it change downtown in the fentanyl problem in sewer neighborhood? Uh, the thing is, is fentanyl is here. Right. It's here. It's 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 a part of the drug cycle now, but it has to get corralled a little bit. Um, I don't think downtown. Put it to you like this: Minneapolis is is it, it will be safer by that Rico. The less fentanyl, the better. You know what I mean? The less fentanyl, the better. And um, they have to crack down on that. They have to stop being lenient on homelessness. But you have to understand Minnesota is a democratic state. You know, it's going to take a lot for a Republican to get voted in the office in Minnesota, you know. Now, OK. And, 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 no, and Fry, you see, like when you see now all your listeners, when you go to these homeless shelters or you drive by them and you see these random white people over there talking with them. What those random white people are doing is they're working for a guy like Mayor Fry and the Democratic Party in general. And and they're gathering votes. Oh, do you have an ID? Well, can we help you get one? You know what I mean? And then you can do something called retroactive voting now. So they can give you a piece of paper as soon as Biden, um, what do they call that? As soon as Biden... Uh, declares for office, they'll come over there to people and say, you can vote right now. What? Six months out for me. Yeah, you can just sign this paper and this is your vote. Is that We'll legal? say that you're homeless. It is now. That's how the Democratic Party won the last election. They cheated Teflon Don out of... Man, I seen some shit. You, he did get cheated, but the thing is, is he got cheated but there's no honor amongst thieves. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just got got. You know what I'm saying? But let, let me ask you was going to try to get motherfuckers too. Let me ask you a side question before we go into this even more about this Rico. Because we're, we're really covering this Rico. Why do you think this? Why do you think Teflon Don feels a certain way about DeSantis? Because DeSantis... He put DeSantis on. Why isn't DeSantis returning the favor? That right there. You just answered it. If I put you on and you're talking shit about me, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have a little more anger. He's probably looking at DeSantis like, you're young enough. 
well, let me run, let me get this little four years, and then I'll put you on, and I may make you my vice president, which will what will end up happening already. But that's what Trump is looking at. Like, you shouldn't be running against me because I put you on. Let me get this far, and then you can get yours because you're still young. What you trying to do? Run up on me? I put your bitch ass on. Fuck you. But what will end up happening is Trump and him will vote for the Republican ticket. Trump will beat him, and then Trump will take him on as his vice president. Because, you know, Trump and Pence, they're not even on speaking terms anymore. It can't be no serious beef. No, there's real beef. What you talking about? Trump don't even, matter of fact, they're asking Pence to testify against Trump. Think he's gonna do it? He, he told, yeah. He told Trump he might, he might not. It depends on what dirt they got on him. He's in a position of, you know, he might have a. If he has no dirt on him, then he's in a position of leverage. He could, you know, finagle because they really want Trump. So he could finagle, you know, a couple dollars out of it. What y'all want me to say? You know, what's in it for me? But if they might have a little bit of dirt on him or something, you know. FBI might pull up some pictures of him wearing a dress or something. You know what I mean? But if not, so Trump Trump looks at um, Pence as a deserter. Fuck him. Because he told Pence to denounce the last election and say they cheated me. Fuck that. I need you to publicly go on TV and say that we were cheated out of this election. Pence said I ain't doing that. Now listen, I want you to listen to this. This is why I don't like Adams and and the D.A., Listen to this. This is one of the reasons why I don't like them. We are announcing three new policing technologies in New York City. The K-5 autonomous security robot. The Spot Digidog robot. And the Star Chase GPS attachment system. Our job is to fight crime and keep people safe. And these tools are significant steps forward in that vital mission. We are here to get stuck up. Hashtag GSP. Today, we are announcing three new policing technologies in New York City. Now, the K-5 autonomous security robot. Where do you think they're going to start putting those robots in New York? The hood. There you go. Something else is popped up. They might have another RICO coming. This is in Indiana. Governor Holcomb in Indiana signs bill making machine guns switch illegal. Now, I know you brought me to task about this RICO. Now, this here, I'm not going to co-sign. I, I, I don't think these switches on weapons is good at all. Not one bit. Number one, and a lot of military people will tell you, will tell you this. When these young guys put these switches on these damn pipes, they think, oh, well, shiny go boom. Oh, yeah, it's fast. I'll be able to hit the ops. When you put these little pieces on these weapons, they pretty much turn the semi-automatic weapon into an automatic weapon. So you might shoot 50 shots and may not hit nobody. And clearly, right. you're going to hit somebody that ain't got nothing to do with it. But... This 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 idea with the op thing, um, or, or or the switches thing. Oh man, the switch or whatever. So they make it illegal. I I, I always thought I thought it was illegal before. I thought it was already illegal 
off the jump. So when they say they, they're making it illegal to transform a semi-automatic firearm into a machine gun, you, you have to have a certain license to have a machine gun anyway. So I really don't understand why they made a bill for that. I thought it was illegal. Obviously I was wrong. So it says the bill includes language to further restrict possession of Glock switches, which aid in adapting a semi-automatic weapon to, into a machine gun and already are prohibited under federal law. Okay. Glock switches allow a gun to shoot continuously while a trigger is pressed, including the number of bullets that can be fired per second. Under the new law, House Bill 1365, Indiana police will not have to depend on federal prosecutors to press charges upon a person in possession of a switch gun. And any person who illegally retains one will face felony charges under state law. I don't think the switches should be out here. There's really no reason for them. Uh, to be honest, bro, and I'm not, I'm not saying that this is a good idea. I'm not saying that the young pe- people should go out and get them. But dude, if you got problem with ops, you might as well get, go ahead and get you a fully. <laughs> I'm not saying that right. you should. I'm just saying, ain't no sense to just go all the way. You a criminal already, nigga. Ain't no sense of you putting on a little switch that don't, man, just go ahead and get you a fully auto AK and ride around with that bitch. If you, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, these things are dangerous. You can't, they're not made for you to shoot. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, bro. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me get back to the Rico real quick. Let's get back to the guy that got hit with a stray bullet. Let me get this, this dumb commercial. Sometimes care 11 has all these commercials, man. It's kind of janky, but I want to get back to this to, to show they're, they're really trying to clean up the city for the taste of Minnesota. They're not going to lie all the BS. Okay, here we go. Flew through the air nearly one year ago near the point bachelor bachelorette party. In the ER, praying and waiting for word. Though he'd been shot in the face, doctors initially had good news. He said, as of right now, it doesn't look like there's, you know, maybe some small brain bleeds, but he's doing remarkably well. And so, you know, of course, they made me go home. But when Abby returned in the morning, she learned Tyler had suffered a massive stroke. Nobody knew when or how. It was just he had a stroke, and he'll probably not comprehend walk talk or again you need to decide what to do as tyler clung to life abby clung to her faith i know where tyler is going when he's gone and i knew heaven would be a whole lot better than here and i just said lord tyler is yours but i will fight like hell for him on earth and he told me to keep fighting so it looks like he you know he did some you know he, he did some recovery so definitely can't fault them on that. What I did want to do before we go on, I want to bring up, I want to bring up, I definitely want to bring up this topic of something you probably don't know about. Now, a couple things. Now, if you heard my last program, I talked about a place called Volusia County, Florida. 
Not sure if you heard about that. Volusia no, County, Florida. The last program that I did, I talked about a sheriff in Volusia County, Florida, where it was these race soldiers that threatened to harm the sheriffs, threatened to kill the sheriff, and they ended up getting arrested. They were talking about harming Jewish people. They were some white supremacists. And there's a case that I thought was strikingly familiar about a brother in that was charged in Volusia County, Florida. Now there's a brother named Otho, Otho Wallace. I want to play this for you real quick. Yeah. I want to play this for you real quick. I learned it on the black media program. I think it's a program and I'm going to send you that tonight too, that, uh, Jason black had the brother talking. The, the brother is up for trial because he was sitting and you give a little background on it. The brother was sitting in his driveway and some race soldier just jumps out on him. And the brother felt like he was trying to kill him. Right. He was sitting in the yeah. driveway. It wasn't a traffic stop. I don't know if any y'all have heard about this, but he's they, they they giving this brother first degree. He was sitting in his own driveway. The race soldier pulls up. The brother felt like his life was threatened, and he did what he had to do. The race soldier died a couple weeks later or whatever. So they charged him with first degree. Now, when it's a white man that shoots Mike Brown, shoots Dante, shoots Tamir Rice. They don't get first degree. They get second manslaughter, all this BS. But when a black person is minding their own business, in this case, they hitting them with the first degree, which is a automatic life sentence or death penalty, I believe, in the state of Florida. So I'm going to play this so we get a little background on this, brother, because I thought yeah, it was very it important. Is. Listen to this elsewhere is just not fair. I mean, taking Jason's life wasn't fair. So th they're trying to, they're trying to change the venue because they know that Volusia County, Florida sounds like the brother ain't gonna get no good trial. Sounds like a race soldier area. And you know about Florida, but I'm, I'm gonna play this. Fair, so why should he be given any kind of uh, preferential treatment? Mike Muholland isn't happy about it. Now he said preferential treatment. So I think the person that says he's getting uh, preferential treatment was this a lawyer or was this his dad? Let me go back and listen to this. Real County quick. judge granting a motion to go elsewhere is just not fair. I mean, taking Jason's life wasn't fair. So why should he be given any kind of? Uh, Preferential treatment. Mike Muholland isn't happy about a Volusia County judge granting a motion to move accused cop killer Othel Wallace's trial out of Volusia County. Wallace is accused of killing Daytona Beach officer Jason Rayner back in June of 2021. This family's endured enough losing Jason and everything they've already been through. Now they have to just deal with another obstacle, and my heart cries for them, and they don't deserve this. They don't deserve this here you have Tamir Rice that was sitting outside minding his own business when a 911 caller told the cop hey this kid got a toy gun talking about oh uh, what they endured and all this this brother sitting outside minding his own business and this race soldier comes up to him 
you have a damn right to protect yourself. Hell yeah. And here's the thing. They hit this brother with first degree. Let me let me tell you something, man. This is Florida. You've been to Florida. You gained me up on Florida. I didn't know shit about Florida until you took came along. Florida. This is how you know this brother's innocent. If this brother really killed this cop of cold blood, will that nigga be alive, bro? Keep it real. Of course not. He'd be gone. He'd be gone. Yet this brother is alive. We have incidents where you had uh it was a black dude and it was a Latino dude. It's a known sheriff where you get in his car and you disappear. You get in this car and you disappear. This is the reason why I really get on the coons and the symbols and the people from the civil rights generation talking about, well, forgive, forgive, and oh, you know, let bygones be bygones and oh, we just gonna wait and all this bullshit. No. We need to say, man, these race soldiers, man, when they harm an innocent black person, they need to have life sentence, life sentences with the death penalty on the table because it puts us all in danger. It puts us all in danger. If you're a black yeah. person in America, it puts us in danger when you don't adopt that mindset to say, wait a minute, man, this dude needs to be doing some time because this brother right here, if he really, man, you can't shoot no cop and come out alive as a black man, if you didn't do the crime, got no, no chance. There's no way that you're gonna be a black man that shoots. And I guess when when it happened, I, they say he ended up in Georgia. Maybe he left to say, "Well, shit, they gonna kill me in here." I mean, I would do the same thing. Like if, if I'm at my driveway and a guy comes up to me and he's trying to kill me, and I defend myself, if you in a race soldier state, you probably be like, "Well, shit, I'm a, I'm gonna leave." You see what right. I'm saying? I'm up. I'm up. So he he did, but you look, the brother looked like he's in pretty cool spirits. He 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 know you can look at this brother. If I sent you this picture, I'll send you the video after we get off at another hour or so. But you could tell that this brother's righteous. You'd be like, okay, this brother, he don't look malicious at all. If he really would have did that shit like they say, it's first degree murder. He's charged with first degree murder. Sounds like trumped up charges. If he really did that shit, man, they would have killed, they would have been killed that nigga, bro. They would have been killed him. You don't. You don't. You don't shoot no cop and survive, man. They, George Floyd didn't shoot no cop, and that nigga did. Man, you can't even brandish a gun to a cop. Man, they gave a nigga seventy years in Texas for spitting on a cop, bro. Yeah, think of that. You heard about that? No, I didn't, but it makes sense. They gave I that nigga it. seventy years. They didn't give Amber Geiger ten years for killing both them John down in Dallas. Right. Then you give 70 years of spitting on a cop. Spit. Texas got their own, you know, their own way of doing things. Yeah, now if you spit on me, you spit on me, I might kill you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, bro, like 70 years, 70, not 10, not 5, 70. 70 right. years. Bro, have you, can you name the last case? Man, okay, let's keep it 100. All these brothers that's in this Rico Suave, they ain't about to get 70, bro. They gonna be no. out in about 20 years. <laughs> Even the top, the top guy might get life. He might get life, but what's life in Minnesota, bro? 25. 25, 30, he'll be out. 13 with good behavior. 13 14 with good behavior, good behavior, man. If he tells on somebody, he may cut another 10. He'll get a sweet deal. That's what I'm saying, bro. Right. Like, And that's common. We, we know common laws ratting in Minnesota. That's common law. Everyone knows that. You tell. 
Negroes be telling. That's how I know that. Oh, yeah. that that's why I say if I would have been a criminal, I would have been a nigga doing a life sentence because I would have had a good heart. I, I would have never, I would have never made it in the streets. No, yeah. I would have never made it Speaking in the streets. Speaking for the cold-hearted. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have never made it in the streets, bro, because number one, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. And you know me personally. Everything that I do, I do it to to the to the reet. I do things to a pinnacle. I do, I do, when I, when I got my mindset on something, I do it good. So if I was in the streets and I was into some gang shit and stuff like that, I would have been a top notch nigga. I would have been really good at whatever, whatever I do. I would have been really good and I would have had a heart. So I would have been double crossed. So I, so I wouldn't have lasted that long. And if I would have got caught, I would have been the nigga doing all the time. Exactly. Everybody else would have been on the stand pointing fingers, and I would have been like, "Okay, well, no, I'm not about to get on the stand and point niggas out. I signed up for this. I'm going to do my time. These Negroes ain't doing their time." Oh yeah, so that's, just a, that's so, a misconception. It's a it's a misconception. So like when this guy says, "Oh well, accused he oh the family and the hell with the family. You raised a race soldier, and he found an innocent brother that was in his driveway." Wallace's defense argued that their client couldn't get a fair trial in the county due to the amount of publicity the case has gotten. They even pointed to Jason's GoFundMe as a reason why. There have been thousands of people that have donated. If you take three degrees of separation, all of a sudden we have six, seven, eight thousand people that are some way connected to donating money to the Rainer Fund. The judge was more focused on finding a jury in time for the trial. My inclination is not to, I, I don't want to waste time. And, and if we try, make, if we make an attempt at finding a jury in Volusia County, they'll be digging for diamonds. Now, some of the counties being uh, considered for this trial are Broward, Leon, and Alachua County. But again, there's been no decision. Now, I don't know all those counties. They sound like some counties I wouldn't want to be in. But, you know, like the brother... It, with him being in Volusia County, now, now think about this for a moment. There's a reason why I brought this up. Here's another article in Yahoo News. Trial won't be in Volusia County for Otha Wallace. Man accused of shooting Daytona Beach officer Jason Raynor. Again, we're talking about the state of Florida. You're a black man. You shoot a cop. I, they have billboards. You've probably seen these billboards when you was in Florida where they pretty much tell you you get caught with a pipe, you get this. You commit right. a crime with a pipe, you get this. You kill somebody using this, doing this crime, you get life. Man, that brother didn't do that in cold blood. That brother didn't do that in cold blood. The judge just do, the, the judge did the right thing. I think this brother might be able to beat this trial. He just might. He just might. I mean, he might be able to beat this trial, but he. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough because he's, he's dealing with a three-headed demon, a three-headed dragon of race soldiers down in Florida. I don't know if he'll be able to beat it, but they say he was, he was indicted on the charge of first-degree murder of a cop. They're seeking the death penalty. The very, listen, the very fact that, you know, most people, they don't take it to trial. They'll be like, oh, man, just give me that 30. The very fact that this oh, brother's boy. trying to take it to trial, this nigga's innocent. 
Ain't no man, ain't nobody taking no, ain't taking no shit to trial to shoot no cop. That nigga, he feels like, man, I did the right thing. This dude was trying to kill me. He broke my vi- he he broke my constitutional rights. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's serious. Now they're they're not talking about the case from a detailed standpoint now. But look, I looked at Law and Crime, a Dan Abrams production. They show the brother here. This is from August 18, 2021. Prosecutor seeks death penalty for alleged cop killer who ran into black nationalist paramilitary organization property after the shooting. The thing is, they use that as a scapegoat. Oh, he's one of these nationalist brothers. And I think I heard a brother on the show and he, he had, when he was addressing some folks on the black media, he mentioned some stuff a couple of times. He said the words like Shalom or something. So maybe he might be with some of the Israelite brothers or whatever. They're using him as an example. I believe that brother is 110% innocent. I'm seeing stuff right here. They keep talking about the officer. It says, now, now look at this. This is some, now I don't believe this. It says the authorities caught defendant Otha Wallace in June after a manhunt led to a tree house in Georgia. The tree house was on property associated with the not fucking around coalition, which Young described as a black nationalist paramilitary organization. And the, that 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 not fucking around thing. That's that one dude. He got indicted. They found him at some Trump rallies. That's that's just some that's just some side salad talk. You see what I'm right. saying? Yeah, hey, that ain't really that ain't really nothing. They just had to try to. Oh well, he's with the black nationalists. I don't believe none of that crap, man. That that man probably went to Georgia where he thought he he was safe at. Like I said, bro, if that man really did something to that officer, he would have never got a trial. Never. They would have killed him in the jail like they did Sandra Bland. That man's innocent. They never had a trial. Never had anything. I'm looking. Not look, away with that. look, I'm looking at the at the body camera. It says contained images of the fallen officer approaching a gray Honda before he was shot. Man, please, please. Man, I don't, I don't believe it for one minute, man. Come on, man. That, that, that's not. We know that's not how to. And you, you, you hooked me up to this. You told me. You said anytime they release the video real fast after what happens to a black person, then you know the police is. They did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, if they release the footage right away, they know they were in the right. They were in the right. If they release the footage and they holding the tape and, oh, we don't want to give the tape up and, oh, well, you know, we don't want to release the tape, then you know they did something wrong. You know they did something yeah, wrong. You know, 